voice trembled on the edge of control. Can we go? There were perhaps twenty cars ahead, jammed into a coned-off funnel. He looked in his mirror at the van, stopped tight behind him. There's no room. She moaned, and it tore at his heart. Okay, Galley, hang on. Thirty yards ahead, there was a country lane going off to the left. He hauled the wheel over and drove onto the grass verge, glimpsing the startled face of the passenger in the car in front as they bumped past it. The exhaust pipe scraped on a stone, and he looked uneasily ahead, wondering what else might be hidden in the long grass. A sign pointing down the turning said, Pencil Wood. Galley's mood changed sharply as soon as they were clear of the main road. As they drove up the lane, she lowered the window and sniffed the air appreciatively. Oh, this is better, she said. Much better, thank you. Have a look at the map, would you? He said. It's in the glove compartment. We need to find a way back to the road. Let's go on. I'd like to see Pencilwood. She lingered over the name. You never know, this might be the place. Well, I thought you wanted time to stop at Stonehenge, he said. It's been a long day. There won't be time for both. Galley was unhappy in towns, and in the three months since she'd lost the baby, the search for a cottage had provided a welcome distraction. It hardly mattered to Mike whether or not they found the right house. He didn't even know if he wanted one. The process of looking was enough. It was a search they conducted in their own different ways. Mike did everything in an orderly fashion. He would ring round estate agents, look through the local papers, read the details carefully, and make an organised shortlist of the possible houses, listing their pros and cons. Galley would ruffle his hair absently as he showed her the photographs. She'd smile as they went round the houses, then suddenly, nostrils flaring like a gun dog, she'd be off up the road into someone else's drive knocking at the door, asking complete strangers if they wanted a cell. Mike found it embarrassing, but for her sake he put up with it. For her sake, most people would put up with most things. Galley had the power to light up those around her with a transforming energy, but that power was eclipsed all too often. There was no malice in her troubles. They were a pain she inflicted only on herself. She was unsettled by travel, but always restless, searching for new places that never seemed to give her what she sought. There was a deep hurt within her. Her mother an elderly and bitter woman to whom her connections were puzzlingly loose, always turned away from Mike's questions on the rare occasions when they talked at all. It was her father's death, Galley's mother had said, once and once only. It's a thing to forget. The woman had stared at him with flat, sealed eyes that showed the depth of denial in her and promised extreme anger if he dared to press her further. It filled him with a fear that the hurt would one day claim Galley entirely. When they first went to bed together, she had stopped him with a hand on his chest. He thought she was having second thoughts, but all she said was, I have bad dreams. You mustn't mind. Seeing her in perfect nakedness for the first time, her words had passed him by until he was shocked awake by the thrashing, screaming figure at his side in the early hours of the morning. She had sobbed something that sounded like the burn man as he held her, 
and tried to calm her. But in the end she went back to sleep, and in the morning she'd been so embarrassed that he hadn't asked any more. If that was the bad side, the good side was so good that when his mind sprang back into the private world of organized intellectual thought from which she so often dragged him, it made him feel desiccated, dull, and only half real. She was illogical, unpredictable, and overloaded with intuition. But people all around her seemed to shine brighter when she came near. He thought back two years to the moment when he had first noticed her. Only two years. A monsoon that had ended his drought. A man who feared he had missed his prime altogether then found bestowed on him the most unexpected gift. They were both tall, but where he still...